reading this morning comes from Psalms 46. It's verses 1 through 6. And I have a hymn Bible, a church Bible open to page 489 if you want to follow along. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city. It shall not be moved. God will help it when the morning dawns. The nations are in uproar. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. This, this past Sunday evening, if you, if you were watching TV, uh, I think on CBS, there was the Grammy Awards. You know what I'm talking about? Those who sing, they were getting their awards. And I just happened to be passing by the channel when Lady Gaga was announced to have won the first award. And in the acceptance speech, I realized she was talking about mental illness. She was encouraging people to pay attention to mental illness. Apparently, the song that she sang with Bradley Cooper uh, for a movie. The movie dealt with mental illness. And I listened to that carefully because of what we were going to talk about today um, that deals with mental illness. And it tells me that even if we're not familiar with the issue, it exists. It exists, and we need to be aware of it. And when a pastor preaches on a subject like depression, does not mean the pastor is depressed, and does not mean that the pastor has the answer to depression, because we are not trained uh, to address those subjects uh, in the clinical way. Uh, you, have, you have people who can deal with that. So what we do as pastors, or at least what I think I do as a pastor, is to create awareness so that we know these subjects exist. Um, there was a time when, as a pastor, I didn't care about those specific subjects. But now I do, because it exists and I'm aware of it. And so the sermon for today, in my preparation, is not to give you the ABC to take care of depression. I would suggest few things, but at the same time, it's for you to know that it exists 
and we need to pay attention to it. I read that in a, in a psychology class, the instructor had just finished a lecture on mental illness and was given an oral quiz. And speaking specifically about manic depression, she asked, how would you diagnose a patient who walks back and forth, screaming at the top of her lungs or his lungs, one minute, then sits in a chair, weeping uncontrollably the next minute? A young man raised his hand and answered, that must be a basketball coach. The answer to that question may be comical, but the subject matter known as depression is a serious illness, or severe depression affects more people in our culture than any other emotional disorder. Therefore, it is not a joke. It does exist. The depression is a widespread condition affecting millions of people. And it affects Christians as well as non-Christians. There is nothing new under the earth, says the scripture. Therefore, we know that if it exists today, it must have existed in the Old Testament or New Testament time. And if you read your scripture, you will find passages that talk about people being depressed. For example, Hannah, the mother of the prophet Samuel. The Bible tells us that she wept and would not even eat. She was deeply distressed. And yes, she prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. Hannah was going through a bout of depression. You take the Apostle Paul. Paul says, we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despair of life itself. You have some people who are saying those words even now. And even Jesus says, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He went through it. Now, remember, Jesus went through almost everything we are going through. And that's why in the letter to the Hebrews, the author says, Jesus indeed is our high priest because he has experienced everything we're experiencing. And those suffering from depression can experience intense feelings of sadness, of hopelessness, of hunger, of fatigue, 
and the variety of other symptoms. I mean, we watch for those people. One day you see they are very happy, another day they are very sad. Something is going on. They may begin to feel useless and even suicidal, losing interest in things and in people that they once enjoyed. I mean, you have people who just want to spend time by themselves, probably in bed all day long. And when you have somebody in your home who is doing that, you better pay attention. It may not be anything, but it may be something. So you better pay attention. Depression, my friends, is often triggered by life circumstances, such as a loss of a job. And you know, you lose a job and people don't think it will make you feel depressed, but it does. Death of a loved one. Divorce. Or psychological problems such as abuse or low self-esteem. We, as people, need to pay attention to the people around us. Long time ago, I remember reading a Newsweek article that concluded that depression is so common that it is called the common cold of mental illness. Every one of us is affected, directly or indirectly. We are affected. How could one help someone with depression? And as I was preparing this meditation, I said to myself, how can I help someone with depression? You know, you put yourself in that position because I have seen people with depression. I have talked to people with depression. How could you help someone with depression? And I, and I said, the first thing you need to do is to understand the subject. The subject in this case means understand what depression is. So that you will be able to at least sense it. We read in the scripture that Hannah, the mother of Samuel, wept and would not eat. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and she wept bitterly. Depression, my friends, is a prolonged emotional illness dominating an individual's outlook and mood. Normal moods of sadness, of grief, and elation are typically short-lived and part of everyday life. But these can progress into a depressed mental state. And we, as family members 
or as roommates, we, we just need to observe the people around us. Other symptoms often accompany depression, but the most common symptoms are deep sadness or emptiness, apathy, loss of interest or pleasure in usual activities, agitation or relentlessness, physical inactivity. These are things that when you know somebody, and we know people, and you start to see the change in the mood, in the activities. Sleep disturbance. Feelings of excessive guilt. Gloomy thoughts of death or suicide. These are things you watch for. I don't know how many of you watch uh, soaps. You know, they come in the afternoon. You're Christians. You don't watch those things. But I, 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 I used to watch um, The Young and the Restless. Because when I was in seminary, my classes would be over by 12. And by 12.30, I'm in the room waiting for my afternoon classes. And the TV would have one of these soaps, and I started watching The Young and the Restless. And um, you get used to the characters, and they become part of you. And just the other day, last week or so, one of the priests and one of the staff members was talking about one of the characters in The Young and the Restless who just passed away. His character name is Neil. And definitely was depressed. I did say earlier, when you lose a loved one, it can put you into depression. And a few years ago, Neil had lost his biological son in his early 20s who committed suicide. And I think he took into alcoholism and other things. Long story short, he passed away. A young 50-something-year-old promising person. And you say to yourself, didn't he get attention from the people around him. But this is what I'm talking about. It happens. Understand the subject. Look for the signs. Because the people around us, our kids and our grandkids, our friends. Secondly, I would say, understand the person. Because you do not only have to understand the subject, you have to understand the person. Because the person around you, you know the person. You know when the person is happy, you know when the person is sad. So understand the person. 
The scripture tells us in 1 Kings 19 verse 4, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat under a solitary broom tree. He asked that he might die. It is enough now, Lord. Take away my life, for I am no better than my ancestors. This was the prophet Elijah, who at this point in his ministry was depressed. And like Moses and Jonah, the prophet's depression reached its lowest point. He was still suffering from the reaction of overstrained feelings. He was tired by nights and days of traveling. He was, for the first time, alone, alone in the dreadful solitude and silence of the desert. And Elijah says to God, this is a man of God, not one of the false prophets. This was the super prophet who says to God, at a depressed moment, let me die. And in order for you to help the person experiencing depression, you should do all in your power to understand the person. It helps. God, in his infinite wisdom, understood his prophet Elijah. As a result, God helped Elijah overcome the depression by letting him tell of his problems. It does us good, my friends to share our burdens with God and with family members and with friends. It's okay to talk about your feelings. It's okay to talk about your feelings. Find somebody that you can talk to. By doing so, we get it out of our systems and the listener helps to carry the burden of concern. Talk to somebody. There is a song that we sing as Christians that says, now let us tell him about our problems. We're talking about Jesus. We need to talk to somebody about what's going on in our lives. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult for a lot of people, but find somebody to talk to. Understand the person. Then thirdly, I would say, uphold the person. The scripture says we must uphold one another, we must support one another, we must defend one another, we must advocate for one another. We read in Psalm 38, verse 6 through 8, I am troubled. I am bowed down greatly. I go mourning all day long. I groan because of the turmoil of my heart. Yes, my friends, people in the Bible have gone through the same experience. So don't feel that you are the first and don't feel you will be the last. 
Don't be afraid to call somebody to talk to. The church is made up of your brothers and sisters. If you believe that, say amen. The church is made up of your brothers and sisters. If you cannot call a brother or a sister, then something is wrong. There must be somebody within the family of God in your church that you can call and talk to. There must be somebody. When you are going through emotional things that maybe nobody else understands, talk to Jesus, talk to God. Call somebody that you can talk to. As you uphold this person, you do your best to look at the person. You know, this is where eyes, eyesight is very important. Look at the person. Listen to the person. And then learn from the person what's going on. And show them unconditional love. You are not there to judge the person. Okay? You are there to look at the person, to listen to the person, to learn from the person, to love the person, and to lead the person to something that is hopeful. Be able to give hope to this depressed person. Because this person, who could be a family member, a friend, or even a foe, you may just be that person shining the light of hope. I mean, what is love if it does not involve sacrifice? And you can sacrifice your time just because you want to be with that person and to let that person know you care. So this morning, I'm going to suggest that you uphold the person by your presence. Be there for the person. A depressed person will stay home all day, every day, if they could. And some do. So let me suggest that you invite the person to lunch or just for coffee, you know? Invite the person. And this may take a few tries. You're not going to call somebody like that on a Monday morning and expect them to go at 12 noon. It may take many tries, but don't give up. They need to be with others and need the, the stimulation of being out and about. Because being out in nature is especially healing. Be with the person. Give them your presence. Let them know you are there. If you have a cell phone, keep it for that moment that you are with that person. Because that distracts you. you. You understand what I'm talking about? We all go through that these days. For that moment, keep your cell phone or whatever else you're using. Uphold the person by your presence and uphold the person by being practical. Being practical with the person. Assure them of God's love and your support. It is not a matter of, I'll pray for you, period. It's a matter of, I am praying for you, and what could I do for you? Be there. 
gently remind them in whatever creative way you choose that God loves and values them more than they know. And every one of us needs to know that we are loved and valued, not only by God, but by the people around us. We are loved and valued. That God is always with them and has promised to never leave them. Likewise, my friends, assure them of your unwavering friendship. Many times, this isn't easy, but you could do it. Because depressed people are hard to love sometimes, but knowing they can always count on you can be their source of hope. They have somebody to, to count on. Are you equipped? Yes, you are. You're a child of God, indwelt by the Holy Spirit, to lead you to help somebody. If we cannot help somebody, then what is our ministry on earth? Is to watch out for people we can help. And thirdly, I can say to you, uphold the person by your prayers. Because we are Christians. American Express says, you can't leave home without it. And the Christian faith says, you can't go a day without prayer. So uphold the person by your prayer. Pray for them. Pray, pray, and pray. Amen? Pray for them. How many times do you find yourself praying for people who are physically ill? Pray with the same conviction and fervor for your depressed friend. Don't give up praying for that person. And let the person know he or she is in your prayer. They need it so very much that they are probably not able to ask for it. But you can still pray for them and let them know you're praying for them. You may not know any depressed person right now, but they do exist. Just because you don't know them does not mean they don't exist. And if you start to look, you will find them. And when you find them, my friends, do something so that they know somebody cares. Because one of the things that we go through is when we feel that nobody cares that we are alone. That's the way Elijah felt. And Elijah said to God, take me. But what Elijah did not know was that God already kept 700 prophets to be with him. And today, what the depressed person may not know is that God already have you be with them. I just pray this morning, my friends, that our eyes are opened. You know why? These are our brothers and our sisters, our sons and our daughters, our grandchildren and our friends. A cup of coffee? No. Because I don't drink coffee cup of tea? Not quite. We're Americans. We don't do tea. 
but a can of Pepsi. Pepsi, the heavenly drink, will do it for you. In other words, just invite somebody. When you see the mood changes, just let them know you are there for them. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the people of God say, I'll leave you with this. Someone struggling with depression writes, I am a loving, caring person who deserves to be happy. Remember that. I'm a loving, caring person who deserves to be happy. Do your part to make somebody else happy. Amen.